my, my aim today is sort of a, a primer on 1 Timothy to, to give us an introduction, to lay the foundation of what's happening in this, this uh, short letter uh, from Paul to Timothy. And so we're, we're beginning the first 11 verses, and we're going to continue through the end of Timothy. Um, with that, let's pray, and we'll begin our reading. Uh, Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for this letter of Timothy, we, uh, which is known as a, a pastoral epistle. Uh, we thank you for the instruction that is found here, for the wisdom uh, concerning the church. We ask, Lord, that as we uh, spend the next few weeks navigating uh, this letter, that you would help us to understand rightly the truth that is found here. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom to see how it applies uh, for us as a church, um, that we would stay close to you and your word uh, concerning how we go about being the church. Uh, we are grateful, Lord, uh, for your grace. We are grateful for your spirit that guides us. And Lord, we ask you now uh, to help us as we study this word. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from, the God, from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus, so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and good conscience and sincere faith. For some men strain from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and for immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Father, we do thank you for your word. We ask that you would help us now in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> well, before we get in the text, the question is, is why, why go through Timothy? I, um, we went through Timothy as a church 10 years ago, and uh, I concluded it in the beginning of 2008, and so it's been almost identical, I mean, virtually 10 years since I last went through this book. Um, I think that this is one of those books of the Bible that you have to continually sort of uh, circle back around. I believe in doing the Gospels every couple of years. I believe in coming to the pastoral epistles every couple of years. 
uh, namely because they're books that help us as a church um, keep on track. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, we're, we're told the purpose of this letter. Uh, he writes, Paul writes, but in, this, but in case I am delayed, I write to you so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the, the pillar and support of truth. And so Paul tells Timothy that the reason that he's writing is to help uh, guide the local church, the body of believers that gathered there, uh, concerning their actions and how they're to live and to function and what's the purpose of the church. Uh, again, the church is not the building. The, the building is where the church meets. Uh, we as a body of believers are the church. And so this is one of those books that is uh, very important for us to go through. The first two verses are the salutation. Today, when we write a letter, where do we uh, address it? We, we, put the, uh, we, we put our name at the bottom of the letter. You write the, the two, you write your whole body of what you want to uh, say, and then you sign it with your name. So if you get a letter, the first thing you got to go to is kind of go to the very bottom to see who it came from, or if it was a letter, you, you, know, you kind of flip it over and see the to and the from. Uh, they would always, in ancient uh, times, Start with the author, say who it's to, and there'd be a brief sort of, uh, um, outside of biblical writing, it would, or outside of Christianity writing, I should say, those who followed Christ had a very common grace and peace to you, very, uh, may you know the love of God. Those outside of the church, when they wrote a letter, they would, would like, just like today, we wish you health and wealth, and that you would be doing well as I write this. And so Paul, right away, starts out his letter. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. So he identifies himself as an apostle. He gives a, um, an additional sort of stamp of authority uh, according to the commandment of God. He only uses this phrase elsewhere in Titus 1.3, another pastoral epistle, to, to further solidify his authority as an apostle. Um, apostle, in a general sense, is, is one who's sent. Uh, when the Bible uses this term, this is a, this is a, a position that's no longer uh, available. Uh, Paul is distinguishing himself as one of the apostles um, that Jesus has placed his authority to, um, to, to lead and to guide the church. And so he starts out with, hey, these are my credentials. I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, sort of giving his super seal of authority because he is about to send Timothy to a very difficult situation. And so Timothy is going to head into the, the situation based on the authority that's been given to him uh, through Christ, but really through Paul, so he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. He, he points to the centrality of Christ in the church, that Jesus is our only hope. Um, he then says to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, I... I'm not sure how much to say about Timothy at this point. I think I'll wait until we get into the, 
into the context until we see the problem. Um, Timothy was one of Paul's trusted disciples, a, a, a person that, that Paul invested in deeply. When we come to verse 3, we read, As I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, re- remain on at Ephesus, so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. I'm going to stop there and kind of look at the map here. Um, so this is, we have Israel in this area over here. We have Italy at the top left. Um, we know that Paul, on his first missionary journey in Lystra, which is right here, this is where he met Timothy. So Timothy was a really young man. He met uh, Paul he probably came to Christ under Paul's teaching. Uh, we know that Timothy was raised by a spiritual, spiritually-minded grandmother and mother. We don't know much about his father. Um, he met Paul and almost immediately connected with Paul. And, and basically, through Paul's journeys, Timothy was always there being mentored and discipled. And so as Timothy opens up, what, what Paul says is, hey, I urge you, to remain on in Ephesus. So Ephesus is the western edge of modern-day Turkey. And Paul says, I urged you while I headed up to Macedonia. We don't know exactly where Paul went, but somewhere up in this, this region, modern-day Greece, is where Paul headed off to. Um, Timothy was young. Um, he didn't have the authority that Paul had even before Paul became a Christian. He was, in his own right, was a, was a weighty rabbi, that he had the, the credentials of, of what we would say is like an Ivy League school, that he had the pedigree, he had everything that the Jews would respect. He was the leading Jew of all Jews, and he had authority. Timothy was sort of a, um, a half-Jew. We, we don't know much he, he, about him, um, but we knew that he wouldn't have the same credentials, the same authority. We know he was young, because Paul would continue to encourage him, don't let them look down on you for your youth. You need to go into this problem. You need to address the situation. Uh, We sense that Paul has already instructed Timothy to stay on at Ephesus, um, this western edge of modern-day Turkey. Ephesus was, uh, uh, this is like the New York City of that era. It was a a bunch of marketing and trading and, and a big metropolitan city. And young Timothy had a task there. Um, you don't get the impression that he wanted to stay. You don't, think that he, you don't get the impression that he was volunteering for this position. Um, Paul urged him once while Paul's away. He writes this letter to him, continuing to encourage him to stay on. And he says, I, as I urged you, from my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus. Don't leave. Don't quit. I need you to protect the church that is there. His task, so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation, rather than furthering the administration of God which is by faith. So this is the problem. It's not that he's fearful that guys would come in and start teaching poor doctrine. These men have already come in. They're teaching uh, strange doctrines, myths, 
endless genealogies, all of this stuff which leads uh, to speculation and, and pulls people away from the faith and away from the gospel. Um, there's going to be a bit of a, a, a counterbalance between these two in verses 3 through 5. We see the problem. He's going to expand on it in verses 6 through 7. And sort of wedged in between there is the counterbalance of what Timothy is supposed to uh, do to correct this. So these guys are teaching incorrect things. And so Timothy's to go in there and stop them from doing this teaching. In verse 5, Timothy is instructed to... um, to accomplish the the fruit of the gospel. Um, What I mean by that is there's a certain byproduct when the gospel goes in and transforms people, there's, there's fruit of the Spirit that emerges. And he says, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and good conscience and sincere faith. Um, if you were to have a garden of your heart spiritually, these are areas um, that we should see that the instruction from a, uh, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience and sincere faith. Um, this is counter to what these guys are teaching. Um, for some men strain from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. So these teachers, they desired to teach the scriptures, they desired to teach the law, but they had no foundation from which they were to teach. They had no understanding of the scriptures and how they were to be applied. Um, Their teaching was leading people astray, even though they had confidence in what they were saying. And so Paul then goes on, and he says, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are, um, I'm not going to define every word, this list is self, um, self-understanding, but I, I want to point out that this list is who the law was designed for. Um, for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. If you'd skip down to verse 15, we'd read it as a trustworthy statement deserving a full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. So when Paul writes this list in verses 8 through 10, he's not writing this list sort of looking down on these people. He's writing this list to point out that this is exactly for whom Christ came. And he identifies with that group. He says, I'm the worst of all sinners. Christ came to save sinners. Paul understands that he, as this apostle of the early church, that he isn't above the sinners. 
he is right there amongst all of them, and he viewed himself and his transgressions worse than any other sin that had ever been committed by anybody else. And so in verse 11, he said, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted. And so what he says is we need to go in here. There's this problem. These guys are teaching poor doctrine. This is an uncomfortable task. You don't want to be here. You don't want to deal with these guys, but we have to protect the gospel. And so from this letter, with this as a backdrop, he's, this, this teaching um, is going to constantly be sort of at the forefront of the various things that Paul is going to address with Timothy going on. So let's pray. Um, Father, we do thank you for grace. I thank you uh, again, Lord, for this opportunity to gather, to worship you, um, to study your word. Um, Father, as we continue to look at um, Timothy in the upcoming weeks, Father, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to understand the situation that Timothy was facing um, and the need for this letter. Things have changed in our context, but the truths of this, uh, this letter remain the same. We pray for us as a church that you would help us to stay committed to your word, to stay committed um, to the gospel, um, to protect the truth that Jesus um, died for us as sinners and that we simply are sinners saved by grace. Father, I pray that you would help us to uh, stay on track again. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen.